Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Will it cost you to follow God? Absolutely. But it'll cost you more not to follow God. So always Satan in our life is saying, here's a shortcut. Just compromise. Just cheat a little bit. One time won't hurt. Don't worry about it. It's going to be okay. God loves you. He'll forgive you. Just follow me. No, it's not the path that God made for you. Whenever we get off that path, it's disaster. Many of us are familiar with the phrase, the quickest way from A to B is a straight line. For those who have followed God for any amount of time, most of us are aware that God doesn't always operate in such a way. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark addresses the temptation of compromise. When it comes to following God's lead, we often find that the temptation of compromise is soon to follow. As Pastor Mark will teach us, the moment we give in and go off of our path, we are sure to run into disaster. This, of course, as we'll learn, is easily avoided by staying true to God's lead. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 4, verse 6, with his continuing study entitled, The Battle Begins. Lord, let us hear your lessons for second temptation for Jesus. And the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, and had him stand on the highest point of the temple, 100 feet up, 400 feet up. We don't know exactly how much. Since you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Here we see the incredible deceitfulness of Satan. Here's what Satan goes. Okay, in the first temptation, I tried you to get you to do this, and you answered me, no, this is what God's word says. So Satan goes, okay, you want to use the word? I'll use the word. Let me quote it to you. Did you know this morning that Satan knows the word? But notice in this quote, he quotes Psalm 91, but he admits in a very important part, to guard you in all your ways. You see, I can take a verse out of context anywhere in the Bible, And I can kind of make it say what it wants to say. So what Satan says to Jesus is simply this. Well, Jesus, God says that he'll protect you. His angels will protect you. Just do whatever you want, and God will protect you. Actually, Satan says he has to protect you. He promises to do it. But Jesus is going to reply, well, no, there's a part you missed. You didn't understand. To guard you in all your ways. And what he's going to say is, well... Jesus is going to respond and say, yes, he will protect me, except if I do some things independent of God. And then I move out of the protection of God. God hasn't told me to jump off this pinnacle, 
But Satan comes back to him and he says this. No, no if you're Superman, like, and, and you jump off this, and think of this, all the people are down there. And here you come. And they expect you to go, but the angels are going to come, whoo, right at the last moment. Man, you're going to be the center of attention. And you got what you need. The Messiah has arrived. Tempting? Sure. Who doesn't want to be in the limelight? I don't want to be in the limelight. Liar. We want people to notice us. We want people to see us. So pride is a very insidious kind of thing. We have to deal with it all the time. By the way, if you want to be that way, if you want to lift yourself up, I guarantee you the angels will not be there. That's what will happen to you. If I start bringing attention to myself, I'm done. God won't take second. So by taking a verse, taking part of it away, taking part of it out of context, it's disastrous. What I want to say to you this morning is congratulations. You're here. You're here going through the word of God. What do we do typically with the word of God? We just go verse by verse by verse by verse. We keep it in context. We take this verse and it interprets this verse. And we understand the whole of scripture. Do we understand everything? Well, no. But we understand enough. We see through a glass darkly some things we'll never get. Some things we can fuss about and argue about and whatever. I don't worry about any of that. Somebody wrote me a long email this week about you know, like baptism and immersion and sprinkling, whatever. Do I really care? No, I think absolutely. I believe immersion is right. If you as an adult were sprinkled, go for it. doesn't bother me at all. As a child, it doesn't work. As an adult, whatever. We can argue. Some of you would even argue. I'm going to get an email. Oh, there you go. Forget it. Because baptism isn't about the mode. It's about the, it's about the heart. So Jesus is going to respond... And look at the principle he comes back with. You'll see it right here. He says in Matthew 4, 7, Jesus answered him, by the way, we've heard this before, it is also written, and that in the original language means it's written, it stays the same, it never changes. It is also written, do not put the Lord, your God, to test. So he says to Satan, I'm not going to jump off this building to bring attention to myself, to see if God will protect me. God didn't tell me to jump off. You did. And so in Deuteronomy, he just says the thing, do not test the Lord your God as you did at Massa. Be sure to keep the commands of your Lord your God and the stipulations and decrees he had given you. So what is Jesus really saying? He says to Satan this, to test God is to doubt God. So what does that mean to me today? Well, it means today I can't do stupid things to test God. Now, what after this service, traffic on Mitten will be a crazy. And I put a blindfold on. And say, I'm going to see if I can walk across Minton without getting hit. God's going to protect me. You know, he has angels that protect me. You'll have somebody else preaching for you Easter weekend. Because I'm either going to be maimed or dead. Right? Stupid. So, if I'm not in the will of God, I don't have the protection of God. That's exactly what Jesus is saying. You're testing. God does love me, but he doesn't say he'll protect me from stupid things. Let me give you another illustration. What should I be doing in my life? Well, since my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, I should be taking care of myself. Take time to rest, to exercise, to eat properly, to laugh, wear my seatbelt, take medicine when needed. Well, Pastor Mike, I don't need to wear my seatbelt. God's going to protect me in my car. No, that's stupid. Well, that isn't spiritual. It's very spiritual. You're testing God. 
The loss is, put your seatbelt on, wear it. So in all of these things, we just have to remember, I don't want to test God. The word says, no, just do what God says. And as you do that, you have the protection. Temptation number three, the lust of the eyes. That's the desire to have something apart from God's will. Apart from God's will. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain, and he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. I think this is, most commentators believe that this was done by a vision, because, I mean, how, how high a mountain would you have to go to to see all the kingdoms of the world? It'd have to be like the shuttle or whatever. And yet when Satan takes him in this vision and begins to show them all the kingdoms of the world. By the way, who created all the kingdoms of the world? <laughs> Jesus did. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and nothing was created without Him. So I think Satan goes over here, see Tahiti, really great place. Jesus says, been there, done that. Look at the black sand beach in Hawaii. I've swum there, it's great. I think it's hilarious. But he shows them all of these kingdoms, and then he says to Jesus something that sounds strange to us. Look in verse 9. All this I will give you. Well, wait a minute. How can Satan give what isn't his? It is his. When Adam and Eve were created, God said to them, have dominion over the earth. Rule it. When they sinned, they lost it. Who got dominion of the earth? Satan. Satan is the kingdom, the ruler of this kingdom. He's the God of this age. Now, still controlled by God, but Satan rules the world. So he had that to give him. And I want you to follow this very closely with me. Watch visually what I'm going to do. Satan knew, watch, Satan knew that Jesus was headed to the cross. And when he got to the cross, later, the world was going to be given back to Jesus. That will happen after the rapture. And then the seven-year tribulation, and then the world comes back. That title deed to the world comes back to Jesus. Satan knew that if Jesus got to the cross, he's finished. So what does he say to Jesus? Watch it very closely. He just says, I know where you're going. I'm going to give you, watch me, I'm going to give you a shortcut. You can have it. You can have it right now. Here's the shortcut. It's very simple. Just kneel down and worship me. You ever hear the temptation? Do it right now. Take a shortcut. Serving God is often the hardest thing in the world to do. But it's always the right thing to do. Will it cost you to follow God? Absolutely. But it'll cost you more not to follow God. So always Satan in our life is saying, here's a shortcut. Just compromise. Just cheat a little bit. One time won't hurt. Don't worry about it. It's going to be okay. God loves you. He'll forgive you. Just follow me. No, it's not the path that God made for you. Whenever we get off that path, it's disaster. So Satan just says to him, well, if you'll bow down and worship me, it'll happen. Just do it the easy way, Jesus. You don't have to go to the cross. You say, well, that sounds pretty tempting. Well, sure, it would be tempting. You can have the control of the world now. But you don't have to go to the cross. The problem was, if Jesus doesn't go to the cross, 
There's no salvation. And by the way, you and I wouldn't be here. Because there's no way ever to be right with God. He doesn't listen to the lies of Satan and take a shortcut. How about you this morning? You following God's path? Or have you gotten off on a side road? Here's what you want to write. We never want Satan's plan. Only God's plan. You see, Satan's plan for you is to steal and kill and destroy. God's plan? Give you life here and forever. Well, look how Jesus responds in verse 10. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan. Here we go again. It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. You see, Satan always has wanted people to worship him. So what does God say? No. You want somebody to worship you? God threw him out of heaven. That's where the demons came from. One third of the angels followed Satan. So Jesus says, If I do this, I break the very first commandment. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. You shall love the Lord with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength. You shall fear the Lord your God and serve him only. So Jesus was able to resist all of Satan's temptations, not because he just knew the scripture, but he obeyed it. You can't defeat Satan just by quoting it to him. You have to obey it. Verse 11 is an exciting verse to me. And the devil, tell me, did what? We left him. He left him. And the angels came and attended him. Jesus said, you're out of here. Satan goes, I got to go. Why? He was under the authority of Jesus. Now, I also like it when Satan had to go. It wasn't because Jesus screamed at him. Out of here, out of here, out of here. I'm filled with the spirit, you're out of here. He just said, you have to go. The three weapons, you have to go. Satan has to go. You don't have to scream at Satan. Don't even talk to Satan. Let God speak to him. The next thing I noticed is very good. It says, the angels came and did what to Jesus? Ministered to him. What do you think they did? You haven't eaten 40 days. What do you think they did? I believe there was a carryout came in. And many people believe the very first thing he tasted was angel food cake. (laughs) Now, will Jesus ever be tempted again? The book of Luke says, and Satan left, listen to me, until a more opportune time. Oh, he'd be back. Has he left you this morning? Oh, he'll be back. So how do I defeat him? Those three weapons and these last two keys, write them down. James 4, 7. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil. And notice, he will flee you. He has no choice. What does it mean to submit to God? It just means to be obedient to his will for your life. Know what his will is. Obey the word of God. What does resist mean? It just means stand firm. Satan, I, I'm not going there. I am tempted by that. I am tempted because I've become discouraged or depressed. Oh, man, that thing is so tempting to me, but I just, I won't have it. I won't do it. The pride thing isn't going to, I just won't do it because God's given me the ability to say no to you. I resist. So that brings up point number four. Be aware that Satan never gives up. Satan never gives up. So I can't, that reminds me of the spirit for life. I can't just be filled today and not tomorrow because that's when Satan knows exactly when to attack me. I ran across a statement yesterday I thought was very good by Gordon MacDonald. It makes little difference how fast you are in the 100 meters when the race is 400 meters long.
How many people do you know today that were in the race? They were doing very well. They came to the 100-yard mark when they took a right turn and began relying on their own strength. Well, the race goes on. You can't be victorious in your own strength. Remember, Satan never gives up. Oh, Pastor Mark, then I'm a little discouraged. No, here's point number five. Be confident. God and his weapons, which I have, always bring victory. Always. We win. Now, you know that Satan is more powerful than any human. So I have to rely on God, his word, prayer, and the power of the Spirit. I have to rely on them. 1 John 4, 4 gives me great assurance this morning, confidence. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Do you know this morning that I have guaranteed victory in my life? Do I always appropriate it? No. Sometimes I give in to temptation and I have to ask forgiveness. I blow it. But it's not because the weapons failed. It's not because God's will is for me not to be victorious. It's because I removed myself and did one of those things, had one of those things, had that pride issue in me, and it caused me to fail. But then I just asked forgiveness. God puts me on that path, and I hit again. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Look at this for a moment. Sometimes in our lives, we let the enemy do a mind game with us. And it's something like this. This temptation that God has in my life, I couldn't help Pastor Mark, I had to, I had to, I had to give in. I had to give in. I, I had no choice. No, that's a lie from Satan. Look what this verse says. But remember that the temptations that come into your life are no different from what others experience. Many times Satan will say this to you. You're the only one out of 50 billion people since the beginning of the world that I've tried this on. And we go, yeah, I know. It's really tough. I'm not trying to make fun. No, he never does that. The stuff that you're going through, your neighbor's going through it too. I'm going through it. We all go through it. It's the same. So Jesus then goes on and says this through Paul. And God, as you go through all that stuff, well, he's faithful. What does it mean by faithful? Well, read on. Mark Balmer will keep the temptation from becoming too strong. No, I can't. God will keep the temptation from becoming so strong that you can't stand up against it. Remember it said to submit and resist. Resist means to stand. So when there's a temptation coming to me, here's what I believe. When there's something coming to me, and God knows it's coming, obviously he knows it's coming, if it's too great for me, he just says to Satan, bypass Balmer. He couldn't handle it. Or, early on in that temptation, notice what the rest of it says. He keeps the temptation becoming so strong that you can't stand up against it. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so you will not give in to it. So when the temptation comes, I'm going to say, man, this is really tough. God says, here's the exit door. Now, what do I have to do? I have to take it. Do you know that sometimes the exit door is running? Joseph did it. You remember? She was there in her nighty. Says, come to bed with me. Joseph says, I'm out of here. I can't handle that. I'm out of here. You say, well, he was a chicken. No, he's the smartest young man in the Bible. How about you today? When that temptation comes, don't be discouraged. Here's the last verse I want to give you. 1 John 2.17 says this. And this world is fading away. Let me use a different term. This world is going down 
the tubes. Would you agree? When you got up this morning and looked in your headline of your paper and you see the little nine-year-old's body's been found, is there anything good that comes to your mind? This world is going down the tubes. It was never God's plan. It's just going to get worse and worse and worse. So John says, the world is fading away along with everything it craves. All the stuff that we think is so important, it's just going down. So he says this, but if you, you, you and you, 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 if you do the will of God, oh, you'll live forever. You see, before long, we're out of here. Death, world, rapture, whatever. But if I do the will of God, not only do I have abundant life here, I have all the weapons I need to overcome Satan. That battle that's in me, I, it's never going to go away, but I can be victorious. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. I can have the power of God in my life. I won't always be happy, but I'll always have joy because God's directing my life. So I can have great assurance of right here this morning, this is where we live. But then I have the guarantee of heaven forever. So what? Christian, find the will of God. Operate in it. Remember the little song we sang this morning? Listen to me very closely and I'm done. Listen, listen. Jesus, be the center of my life. Where is he this morning in your life? You know, sometimes we kind of just have to redirect, don't we? And as I pray this morning, I want you to say to God this. Listen, God, you're a little off center. It's because I've allowed myself to come in the middle. So just say to God this morning, Lord, you be the center you be the center. That's the will of God. Right smack in the center of the will of God. Not, not one degree off. Right smack. You say, I can't find that. Oh, yes, you can. That's God's will. If there's something you need to stop this morning, you stop it. Let him bring back here. Be there. Be the center. Be in the middle. Now, some of you, as we pray that prayer, aren't Christians yet. You know what your life is like? Listen to me. Without Christ, you belong to Satan. You will... With the world plummeting, you're going to plummet. You have no chance of your marriage making it, your life making it, of ever going to heaven. Because you have to ask Jesus Christ, who went to the cross. We'll talk about that next week. He saved you, but you have to take a choice and accept him. Here's what your life is like. Listen to it very clearly, and this is my last statement. Without God, your life is like rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. It looks active. It looks very busy. You're very organized, you have it together, but the ship is going down. You need a savior, it's Jesus Christ. You can't save yourself. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark addressed the temptation of compromise when it comes to our daily walk. In our study, we learned that although the pursuit of God isn't always easy, the outcome is a much better alternative a life of pursuing our own way. In our message, Pastor Mark encouraged us to take a stand against temptation, refuse compromise, and follow God's lead. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. 
Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Now be sure and tune in to our next message entitled, I Will Make You Just Like Me, Jesus. In our message, Pastor Mark will teach us about the transformation that follows when we decide to follow Christ and make Him Lord of our lives. Using several passages of Scripture, Pastor Mark will give us examples of what it means to be a disciple of Christ and to leave behind the old self. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in 